0: From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. After more than a decade as the mayor of Cranston and two runs for governor, Republican Alan Fung is reentering politics. This time, he's running to replace Democratic U.S. Representative Jim Langevin in the state's second congressional district. We'll talk with him about the report that the U.S. Supreme Court is poised to overturn Roe v. Wade. We'll hear his thoughts about U.S. immigration policy, gas prices, and the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. We'll also hear his response to critics who are circulating a photo of him in a Trump hat. All that after this break. Welcome back. I'm here with former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, a Republican candidate for Congress. Thanks for coming in, Mayor. Hey, thanks, Ed, for having me. Let's start by talking about the news that broke on Monday night. Politico is reporting that a draft opinion circulated among U.S. Supreme Court justices would overturn Roe v. Wade. The draft says Roe was egregiously wrong from the
1: start. What's your reaction? Well, I think I stand where the majority of Rhode Islanders stand on this issue. You know, I don't support taxpayer funding of abortion don't support late-term abortion, don't support partial birth abortion. And you know, if that decision, which was leaked out, stands, what it does is it kicks it back to the states. And in Rhode Island, they've already spoken about this issue. And I'm not running to try to change the laws on abortion. What I'm trying to run for this race is Uh, making sure that we change the gas prices, make sure we change grocery prices, make sure we can get a lot of our products back on the store shelves. That's why I'm running for this seat in Congress.
0: Let's talk about it for a minute, though. You're running for the seat that Congressman Langevin is vacating. Last year, he changed his stance and said he'd support legislation to codify abortion rights in federal law. Do you support or oppose codifying abortion rights.
1: You know, like I said before, I don't support taxpayer funded of abortion, so I won't support any bill that has that. I won't support late-term abortion, and I won't support partial birth abortion. So it becomes a state's rights issue, and Rhode Island's acted. You know, I'm going down there on issues that are impacting our economy, impacting our pocketbook and our wallet, and that's why I'm running for this race, because that's what's on the minds of voters in Rhode Island. Well, do you describe yourself as pro-choice or pro-life? I describe myself as just exactly what I said to you and a lot of your listeners. And each of the bills in Congress that come before me, I'm going to look and examine carefully. But I'm not a labels type person.
0: Yeah, Republicans have been pushing for years to appoint conservative Supreme Court justices who would overturn Roe v. Wade. What's your message to voters in the second congressional district that would base their vote on this
1: issue alone? I'm not the extremes on either side. I've never been during my you know, course of public service. You've seen me in how I act during the time that I've been mayor for the past 12 years. It's always in a bipartisan approach, working towards common sense solutions. Look. Take a look at my record, that pension issue, that unfunded police and fire pension plan. We didn't do that by ramming things down people's throats. We did it by working across the table with union members, retirees to get things done. That's the same type of approach I'm looking to take down to Washington, D.C. on any issue and make sure that I vote in the best interest of Rhode Islanders.
0: I was down at the Varnum Armory the other day when you launched your campaign. For those who weren't there,
1: why are you running? The same reason I got involved in public service years ago. I was frustrated back then with what was going on in the city of Cranston. You know, many of the decisions that were made led it into you know, the financial doldrums that it experienced, the financial ruin and path that it was on. I fixed a lot of those problems. I see a lot of those same problems going on, not only in Rhode Island, across our country with the Biden-Pelosi policies in that short period of time that are hitting us in our pocketbooks. That's why I'm running. I'm frustrated with what's going on. I know I've got the right solutions to turn things around, make sure that our country becomes energy independent once again, making sure that we drive down the cost of our groceries, make sure the supply chain issues are tackled, make sure that we get people back to work. That's why I'm running. And a lot of the policies that I put in place working across the aisle in Cranston is the type of leadership and skills that I'll take to Washington, D.C., working in a bipartisan manner, as a problem solver.
0: Sometimes it seems like you're trying to walk a tightrope there because you've got conservatives like Patricia Morgan calling you a rhino on one side, you've got Democrats like Seth Magazina sending out photos of you in a Trump hat on the other side. Is, is there a middle ground for a candidate such
1: as yourself, a moderate Republican? There's always a middle ground, and we have to bring common sense back. Look, I sit back and own every decision that I made throughout my career, but don't let What Seth's putting out or Patricia Morgan putting out, define who I am. But let's get to the point. Do you support Trump and his policies or not? That Trump hat is nothing more than a scare tactic because Seth doesn't have the plan to kind of turn our country around. Right. But do you support Trump or not and his his policies? No. look. I'm not running away from Trump because during this campaign, I am going to be asking Trump supporters in the district for their votes, as well as many people that are extremely disappointed with Joe Biden and his policies that are going in. That's who I'm looking to you know, ask for the support.
0: When we had Congressman Cicilline on the podcast, he said, even if people like Alan Fung and think he's a nice guy, that's not the point. The point is, do you want someone in Washington who's going to help make Kevin McCarthy the next Speaker of the House? What do you
1: say to that? I like that first part, because Congressman <laughs> Cicilline says he likes me too, and so doesn't a lot of people. And that's why a lot of people are scared, because they know who I am. They've seen my track record of working across the aisle and getting things done. That's why they're trying to throw you know, the Trump hat you know, as a photo All from right, what five plus who- years ago out against me. All I'm sitting here saying is, I'm asking for Trump supporters, Biden supporters, hey, I'm even asking for those cool Moose Healy supporters to come vote for me because I've got the right temperament, the right policies to really get our country back on track. During your speech at Dahmer,
0: you talked about supporting law enforcement and the rule of law. You said when rioters tried to come to Cranston in 2020, we said not here, not now, not ever. So who were the rioters that came to Cranston?
1: Those same individuals from the night before burned that police car in Providence, that vandalized and broke into the Providence Place Mall, that put a lot of the officers in jeopardy on that night. They were threatening to come, and it was real. Some of them did come, but we locked down. That was in Cranston. Providence, though. Did they come to Cranston? Yes. The threat was real because uh, based upon the intelligence, we were next. And if you saw what happened, we locked it down. But later that night, they went somewhere else and burned down a Dunkin' Donuts.
0: So I hear your message about the rioters in Cranston. What would you say to the rioters who came to the U.S. Capitol on January 6th?
1: What I saw that day was extremely disgusting and disturbing. I even you know, tweeted about it anyone that committed a crime on that day should be held responsible and we are seeing all of that play out in the court systems and as a former prosecutor you know i support what is going on in our court system now you
0: mentioned gas prices the rising cost of gas is a common complaint against the biden administration what specifically
1: would you do in congress to address that issue no energy independence i think one of the things that we have to get back to is tapping into some of those uh, DUCs, those drilled but uncompleted wells to kind of get our production back up again. I do support properly sited renewable uh, energy projects. We've done that in Cranston, you know, making sure we have solar panels up on our buildings such as Cranston High School West. Those type of projects are going to continue on. But we also have to make sure that from a supply chain standpoint, we are also focused here with a lot of that manufacturing of those renewables within our own country, so not we're we're not reliant whether it's for gas and oil or even manufacturing of a lot of these products on dictators in other countries. Did you support the act
0: on climate that Rhode Island passed last year?
1: I am one of those Republicans that can say the word climate change. Jumping back my time as mayor, I saw the impacts that you know have happened with man-made disasters, those floods of 2010, and during that time that I was mayor, I made sure that we have tried to make and more resilient. We purchased out some of those homes, restored places in the floodplains, always support clean air, clean water type initiatives. That's the type of leadership I'll bring down to Washington, D.C.,
0: as the son of immigrants from Hong Kong, where do you stand on c- the continuing debate about immigration we've o- we've been having for years in this nation? What What's the main action you want Congress to take? Well,
1: I think there's two things that we have to make sure has to happen. First of all, our borders can't just be an open border type system. So I would put securing the border. But for me too, We have to take a reasonable approach on immigration and have some type of pathway system for those individuals that are already here. And, you know, you and I have had this discussion, too, Ed. I've supported in the past, you know, the DREAMers.
0: And and let me ask you, too, about critical race theory. Many Republicans are proposing measures to ban
1: it. Do you support those measures? Do you see that as an issue here in Rhode Island? I don't think many people understand that critical race theory isn't being taught in our school system. And you're talking to someone who comes from a diverse background, who has experienced discrimination Whether you remember even their last gubernatorial campaign with the noose and, you know, some of the targeted messaging that had come, you know, at me from different individuals. There's a big difference between teaching and understanding diversity. In all of our cultures and background and what I can say is that you know from what I've seen CRT isn't being taught in our environment but what I will say about education I think parents should know what's going on in the school system and should probably have a say in the school system. And last question on on
0: national issues uh, how about forgiving student debt that's a one idea that's being proposed and, and the president's being
1: urged to do it by some. Actually the crushing debt that many students are coming out of uh, has to be looked at. I'm not sure if a full forgiveness program like what President Biden is trying to propose is the right solution. You know, right now there's already some relief that are provided for people within certain public service, community service type provisions whether it's as a loan deferment or possibly forbearance. You know, expanding something like that would be something that I could support, but not a full forgiveness cuz It comes into a fairness argument sometimes with me, you know, someone that just paid off all of their student loans, missed that timeline versus, you know, some loans coming out now, but something has to be done because it is crushing debts where the students are coming out with sometimes mortgages. If we don't get some of this under control, our students aren't going to be able to have the life that we have enjoyed.
0: If you are elected, you would be the first Asian American, the first person of color to represent Rhode Island in Congress, what would that mean to you?
1: It would mean a lot to my family, mean a lot to the community, but that's not why I'm running. I'm running to make sure that we make changes down in Washington, D.C. that help all Rhode Islanders. I would definitely be proud to kind of kick open that bamboo ceiling, ensure that other individuals can follow behind. But the most important thing is those pocketbook issues, wallet issues that we're all facing in Rhode Island and as a country. That's what I'm getting when I knock on doors, talk to people. That is the number one issue, is the economy that they want in their next leader and someone that's going to be willing to work together across the aisle to get things accomplished.
0: If you could pick any of the Democratic candidates, which one would you want to face in the second congressional district general election?
1: I'm just running my campaign right now, asking people for their voters. I'm not playing inside baseball as to who I wanna face. That's the press's job. I know that I've got the right policies that resonates with you know, the voters of the second congressional district. That's what I'm gonna be talking about is what I plan to do down in Washington DC and be a representative for all of Rhode Island, particularly those in second congressional district, no matter who comes out of that primary. All
0: right, Mayor Alan Fung, thank you for joining us
1: today. Thank you so much.
0: Here are some other stories to check out this week in Globe, Rhode Island. My colleague Alexa Gagas writes about what a Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe v. Wade would mean in Rhode Island. Brian Amaral reports that a settlement has been reached in a lawsuit that a Rhode Island waterfront property owner filed against a woman for trespassing and libel after a dispute on the beach last summer. And Amanda Milkovitz has a story about how a well-funded Texas-based group called Decriminalized Sex Work has been funding lobbyists and donating to local politicians in Rhode Island since 2019. For these stories and more, go to globe.com slash Rhode Island. That's globe.com slash Rhode Island. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall, Carlos Munoz, and Amy Padula. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our music is from APM. Ahmed Fitzpatrick, see you next week.